All right. Uh, welcome to the show. History Soccer here on the Sports Byline USA SB Nation Radio Networks. Uh, I'm Nick Eber, along with Nick Webster. Uh, it is an absolute pleasure to be with you uh, in this first show. The, uh, our post-World Cup review is going to take place today. We've got a lot of questions to ask. But don't worry, folks. We're not going to spend the entire hour talking about the World Cup final. We've got so many other topics to talk about. Let's talk about the Fox coverage. Let's talk about Qatar 2022. And in the last segment, we're going to talk about some Premier League transfers. And most important question, what in the name of God is going on at Stamford Bridge? What an absolute unmitigated disaster. Does this club have any class? Does it have any class in its veins at all? Is there any standard, decent standard of operation that goes on at Chelsea Football Club? I ask you that, Nick Webster. We shall answer that this hour, correct? Yes, uh, Chelsea Football Club. You and I have both had uh, dealings with Chelsea Football Club, and uh, they've been around for about 20 years now since the uh, filthy Luca came from Russia, and it seems like that could all be coming to a glorious end. Yeah, hearing uh, rumours loud and clear. I've been hearing them for about the last week that Abramovich has put Chelsea up on the block for sale. He's actively pursuing. There is apparently one very interested buyer. Let's talk about why that is happening. Uh, let's talk about what's going on with Abramovich. But most importantly, Bruce Buck and those people in the front office need their heads examined. We're going to talk about it all, Blues friends. Get on the phone, 800-878-PLAY, 800-878-PLAY. Uh, tell us we're wrong. Tell us we're knobs. Tell us we're crazy. But I tell you what, you're not going to tell us that what we're telling you is inaccurate because it certainly is going to be that. All right, some crazy stories we're going to get to about the World Cup. The media is just having such difficult time processing this 2020, uh, just 2018 World Cup. It's fascinating to hear it and see it and listen to all the discussions and analysis out there. It really is crazy. Well, Nick Webster and I, we're going to try and put a sane face on all this madness. All right, find us on Facebook. We are streaming live again on Facebook, folks. That's the great news. Facebook.com forward slash Fifth Street Sports Talk. Don't tell people you can't get a human being at Facebook. I got one. We'll be right back after this. And now, Valero Summer Vacation Driving Tips. Keep these ideas in mind as you embark on your journey. A good tune-up may be just what you need for safety and peace of mind. Simple maintenance can prevent a dangerous and expensive breakdown on the road. If possible, take turns driving or grab a short nap. It can perk you up and allow you to be more alert while driving. Don't wait until you see low fuel to get gas. You don't want to get stuck in traffic or on a deserted highway with an empty tank. And now, a word from Valero. We've all got places to go, from work to play. Morning to night, it's go, 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 and then go some more. We go for music, movies, workouts, and checkouts. It's quite the busy little schedule we've got going. And we need something to keep up with it all, to keep up with life on the go. That's where Valero top-tier certified quality fuel comes in. It keeps your engine running cleaner, better, and longer, so you can get right back to going. Find a station near you at ValeroCleanGas.com. 
I'm Ryan Burke. I'm the head cider maker at Angry Orchard, and we're in Brittany, France. I wanted to make Angry Orchard Rosé cider out of my love for rosé wine. We came here and found these red-fleshed apples. It's a really rare fruit. The apple brings a right, refreshing, natural taste to the cider and a deep, nice pink rosé hue. Our rosé is a little bit less sweet. It's got a really nice balance for any occasion. It's a really refreshing drink. Angry Orchard Cider Company, welcome to Drink Responsible. Want to fly somewhere? Looking for cheap flights or cheap tickets? Then call. That's right. Call the low-cost airline travel hotline now for prices so low, we can't publish them anywhere. Low-cost airlines has all kinds of cheap travel deals. Fly domestically and save up to 75%. You can even fly internationally and save even more. Yes, fly anywhere in the world and save a lot of money on your plane tickets. We'll even save you money with cheap travel deals on hotels, rental cars, even complete travel packages. So don't book your tickets until you call us first for the absolute cheapest prices on U.S. and international airline tickets and hotels. Call right now for prices so low they can't be published. Travel experts are here 24-7 to help. 800-754-4531. That's 800-754-4531. I noticed my neighbor plays a broken lawn chair by his curb. Naturally, I repaired it on the spot using J.B. Weld Original Cold Weld Formula Epoxy, then took off my shirt and laid down to enjoy the sun. When the family came home and saw a guy sunning himself on their lawn, they yelled, Hey you, get out of our yard! But I know their hearts were yelling. We were idiots for throwing that lawn chair away. Thanks for teaching us about conservation. Don't toss it. J.B. Weld it. Right, uh, welcome back to the show. This is Soccer Sports Byline USA SB Nation Radio. A big hello to our men and women in uniform listening around the world on American Forces. Nick Heber and Nick Webster with you uh, in this post-World Cup era. Uh, we are going to look back and analyze uh, what happened and ask a few very pertinent questions. Question number one, Nick Webster. France, are they worthy champions or not? Absolutely. I thought uh, they saved their best for last, yes. Croatia gave them a heck of a good game and, and certainly took the game to the French. But if you if you look at both sides of the ball, and that's what you have to do in this game of uh, soccer football, defensively, the French were very, very good. Uh, one catastrophic effort by Loris, and it didn't really matter. And then offensively, I mean, they found they found the right way. And you can complain about the free kick for the first goal. You can moan about the... Uh, the handball for the second goal. But ultimately, I think France were worthy winners of the World Cup. They were the best team from top to bottom. Uh, Nick Webster, I agree with you. And you and I, well, I certainly know myself, I believe you were uh, leaning that way as well, were certainly uh, uh, picking France's early favorites to uh, go really, really deep or even win this thing. Uh, they just looked to me like they had the right combination of uh, age, uh, experience. And I think... Being, cru- uh, being forged in the crucible of fire in the Euro uh, finals two years ago gave them that final piece that they needed to win this match and to win the tournament. Yeah, they, they, they needed that. I mean, you, you know, we, we, we hate to go back to go forward, but sometimes in football, that's exactly what you have to do. And, you know, a lot of the French players actually said that they walked out onto the field in 2016 thinking that the final had already been played 
and they were already champions. As we know, football doesn't work like that. So I think they came to Russia with a renewed sense of what the game is about and respecting the game. And I think those the two years difference between 2016 and 2018, we've seen a lot of maturation from the French team and, of course, the emergence of a certain Mbappe. And uh, that, that those combinations coming together, and I think uh, Didier Deschamps, knowing that uh, he had some unfinished business as well, really allowed the French team to come together. Yeah, they, did, they didn't scale the heights until, until really the, the last game. That was probably the most exciting game. But uh, I think there's something to be said for saving your best for last as well. Yeah, absolutely, Nick. Absolutely. And um, it's important to know also that you and I picked France in regulation, and that's exactly what happened. And the uh, over. And, and the over. And the over. And the over. So uh, we got all of those right. And just want to point out, you know, I'm hearing some absolutely crazy commentary out there. Uh, as the media and the uh, relatively new soccer fans and press try to come to terms with what happened at this year's World Cup. And I'm hearing things like, yeah, France won, but the fact that it was all European teams in the final, from the semifinals on, and the big names were eliminated, it's sort of it's less of a meaningful victory than what it was. And, and for me, Nick, I mean, this is, this is the ultimate shill for the status quo that I've ever heard in my life. Uh, it's crazy. But I am hearing this out there. Are you getting wind of this same, this, these same discussion points? Oh, I'm hearing them, but I, I think it's nothing more than clickbait. I mean, there's, yeah. there's no football to talk about, so let's, let's make something up. Uh, let's pull something out of our backsides and say, well, this is actually, it's a very poor World Cup, and France didn't deserve to win, and, you know, the big guns are out. Well, the big guns are out because they didn't perform. Right, they weren't uh, good. Actually, they weren't good. I, I, I watched the World Cup final with a Brazilian fella, and... And there's nobody I've met who is more, you know, will die for their team more than he will. And the first thing he said was, we weren't good enough. It's the same with the Germans, the same with the Spanish, the same with the Argentinians. The big boys, uh, France excluded, simply weren't good enough in this edition of the World Cup. Now, if we play the World Cup again next week, will they come good? Probably not, because yeah. they simply weren't good enough. We, we, we've spoken about this over the last month, Nick, of cycles, okay? That cycle, that one that just ended, it's gone. And now it's time for Germany and Spain and Argentina and Portugal to redevelop. That's what France has done. France yeah. has recovered from the shock of 2016 and redeveloped, retuned, recalibrated. That's what you have to do. Yeah, and in fairness, Germany did that as well. I mean, they, uh, you know, they, uh, I forget the year they had such a terrible uh, showing, but they completely retooled their whole youth system and uh, went back and, and looked at how they were bringing players through and changed everything, and they ended up winning the World Cup, right? So, I mean, this is what big teams into big countries, big football associations do, under, other than maybe the FA uh, but certainly Argentina needs to do that. They have a real problem of youth and young, young youth and talent coming up. There's not, a, there's not an awful lot of it right now. They need to find it and develop it. And some of these guys, as you pointed out in the last couple of shows, Nick, it's going to be a while before Brazil wins another World Cup. The stars are going to have to align perfectly for them uh, because, yeah, they've got some superior standout individual players, but enough to field a full team? It's a question. 
Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, uh, David, uh, who was it? Rude, Rude Hullet coined the term sexy football. Who played sexy football? Well, I thought Croatia in spells played sexy football. I think yeah. France in spells played sexy football, as did Brazil in spells. But nobody, nobody came to the World Cup saying we are playing sexy football. And what we're seeing is that the, the, the balance, the balance has to be right. And, and, that, and that's why France was so successful in this tournament. When they had to go out and smash a team, they did. They smashed Argentina. They put four past Croatia. When they had to nut it down and keep it super tight, they did that against Belgium. They did that against Uruguay. They did that against Denmark. And, that, the, you know, give Deschamps all the credit in the world. He found the balance. He found the formula. He stuck to it. And France are the world champions, and they deserve to be the world champions. Absolutely, Nick. Couldn't agree more with you. Um, I hate to agree with you on this show so often, but in I this said, case... I in this case, you couldn't be more correct. <laughs> and on top of which, if you're telling me that Kylian Mbappe going the full length of the pitch at full speed with the ball at his feet, taking on three players along the way, is not sexy football, I'm sorry, you know nothing about sports. No, I mean, I'm agreed. I mean, I think we, 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 t- we tend to focus on, 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 the, on the superstars and then when they don't perform, oh, yeah. well, it's, right. it's terrible. What, but, what's but the game actually, Nick, interesting point, because in many respects, that's been the English mentality all these years. It's the superstars of the game. It's the Beckhams. It's the Gerrards. It's the Lampards. It's the names that we hear over and over and over again. These are the guys. What was refreshing this year, this, this iteration about England, there really wasn't one of those. But at the same time, there really wasn't somebody at England outside of, uh, of where, once we got out of the group stages that was really able to stand up and take the game by the scruff of the neck and drive with an individual performance, drive the team onwards. It was very much a team effort, but the lack of open field score, open play scoring became the Achilles heel of the English team. So it would have been nice to have, you know, a Michael Owen that'll pop up and score those critical goals. I think everyone was hoping Harry Kane was that person, but he really ended up not being Nick. Well, to, to that point, though, I mean, I want to I want to give the the English players and 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 management some props, and, and it doesn't happen often. They were brutally honest. Yeah, they came out and said we're not good enough. Yeah, you know we 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 lack and and the the third place game summed it up. We lacked an Eden Hazard. We'll talk about him and further down the line in this show. But we we lacked a player of that quality. When Hazard had his opportunity to score, guess what he did? He scored. Yeah. When our Eden Hazard. Eric Dyer had his opportunity to score. Yes, I mean, it was a great clearance off, off the line, but still, Hazard would have scored in that opportunity. Yeah, right, and absolutely. And, and, and Kane had a number lot. of opportunities, and Sterling had all these opportunities to score and didn't manage to. And yeah, because they're not elite players yet. But with Agreed. the experience they've had, I, th- I think they can come through. And, and I think it's really good that English players and management are being honest and saying, yeah, we're a little short. Because I think, I think by, by, by saying that, it's, it's given them a target to go for. They're not sitting back on their laurels. Oh, we're Premier League players, we're making 150 right. grand a week. Yes, they are, but they still want to do more at the international level. All right, uh, we're going to continue the discussion on the other side of the break. When we come back, let's talk a little bit about the Fox coverage. Let's talk about Qatar 2022. 
Uh, oh, so much to get to. History Soccer. We'll be right back. Attention to anyone that's written a book or wants to write a book. The process is not that complicated. Take a first step. Even if you write a page a day, you'll build momentum and your book will become a reality. The hard part is getting it published. That's when you need to call Page Publishing. They've got hundreds and hundreds of thank yous from different new authors just like you. They make the process of publishing your new book and getting it sold online a simple process. You can learn how simple it is right now by calling for your free page publishing new author submission kit one quick three-minute phone call that's all it takes to get free information and learn how you can get your book published pick up your phone right now and call us 24 hours a day at this number 800-603-0885 800-603-0885 that's 800-603-0885 Attention timeshare owners, this is an urgent consumer alert from Resort Release, a national company specializing in helping consumers legally get rid of their expensive timeshares. Once you've made that decision to get rid of your timeshare for any reason, Resort Release is offering a Better Business Bureau accredited way to legally get rid of your timeshare guaranteed. We guarantee to get rid of your timeshare payments permanently, even if you've tried another company to get rid of your expensive timeshare call now and see if we can help you at resort release you don't pay anything until you're ready if you're ready to learn how to permanently get rid of your costly timeshare make this complimentary free call right now 800-598-0539-800-598-0539-800-598-0539 that's 800-598-0539 If you or a loved one is suffering from a physical or emotional condition that has left you unable to work, then listen carefully. Take this number down, 800-593-7491. That's 800-593-7491. When you call, you'll speak with a Social Security disability expert and get a free evaluation to see if you may qualify for disability insurance benefits from the U.S. government. That's right, a monthly cash payment paid directly to you from the Social Security Administration. Whether you're applying for the first time or you've already been denied disability benefits, call now. The disability attorneys at Pinnacle Disability can help you build your case, file an appeal, and represent you at no upfront cost to you. Don't wait another minute to see if you may qualify for your Social Security disability benefits. Call Pinnacle Disability Group at 800-593-7491 for your free case evaluation. That's 800-593-7491. 800-593-7491. Call now. All right, uh, you're back with us here on Fifth Street Soccer on Sports Byline USA and SB Nation Radio Networks, also American Forces. We do love speaking to our men and women in uniform serving around the world, listening to us on the American Forces Network. We're also coming to you on iHeart Radio, TuneIn Radio, YouTube, Twitch, and I'm pleased to announce our return to Facebook Live. By the way, you can find us on the web at FifthStreetSports.com. You can find us on Twitter at Fistry Sports, and you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Sports Talk. Hope you'll join us. And also, we're with you every Monday through Friday, uh, 1 p.m. Pacific time, 
and then again at 6 p.m. Pacific time, so that's 4 Eastern and 9 Eastern, uh, Monday through Friday. That's twice a day. If you can't get enough of us, well, we can't get enough of you. Nick Webster, uh, World Cup is over. Let's Two things I want to look forward to. Uh, look, I want to look back at the coverage from Fox. And you and I are both former Fox talent and Fox employees. So for whatever, put that through whatever filter as a listener or viewer of this. Nick, gr- grade the Fox coverage of the World Cup on an A through F scale. Well, uh, the pictures were fantastic. Nice HD quality. I thought the ambient sound from the stadiums was decent. Uh, Derek Gray and Ali Wagner were perhaps the uh, the best of the uh, duos out in Russia. Um, you know, John John Hurt and and um, John Hurt, John uh, John Hurts, John Hurts. Oh, yeah. No, it's John Hurt. Uh, what's his name? You're oh, it's, it's gone. Yeah. Anyway, the, the the main team. Oh, you know, I mean, Stuart Holden was all right. The main commentator was poor. Yeah, it, it was poor. The studio show. Uh, you know, not a big fan of Rob Stone. Think he's just a bit of a frat boy who pretends to know soccer. Uh, and of course, uh, Alexi Lalas, who I actually know quite well. Uh, you know, is paid to act like a buffoon and does an outstanding job. <laughs> and yeah, then- I know Alexi quite well as well. And uh, he does rather relish that role, doesn't he? Yes, and then and and then Fernando Fiore is just a bit, you know, beyond a joke. So yeah, I I, th- I overall I was I was I actually I'll tell the truth, Nick. I watched probably ninety nine percent of it on Telemundo. Yeah, I have to tell you, I was totally turned off of Derek Ray and Ali Wagner on the first England game. I found them unwatchable, uh, and I cringed every time that pairing was doing a play by play. Uh, what I just don't understand is why why you have to dumb down the commentary and the analysis. I don't, I don't understand that. There's there's a, there's enough educated soccer football people in this country now to give them something with a bit of meat on it instead of just this pathetic popcorn. Who are you trying to attract? Are you trying to attract new new watchers to the game? You're not going to do that by treating them like idiots because yeah. sooner or later they're going to become educated and they're going to go, why are you treating me like I'm three years old? Uh, funnily enough, uh, you know, I took a lot of heat for my uh, comments about Ali Wagner earlier on. And um, you know, I don't have a problem with a woman in the booth. I mentioned this before. I thought Julie Foudy was unbelievably good when she did it for ESPN. What, four years ago they had it? I thought she was terrific. I thought her analysis was great. But she, she got the main part of a color analyst, which was you are there to describe what did happen and not what should have happened, which means that you have to get rid of the you gotta's. You know, um, you gotta do this and you gotta do that. That's not what a color, a color analyst should be, number one. You gotta explain what did happen. Number two, it's not a talk show over a football match. Let the play-by-play guy Make the play-by-play call. And when you have something to elaborate on, some tactical issue that's happening on the pitch that your expertise is going to exceed that of your play-by-play guy and you feel it's appropriate to to talk, that's when you come in, give your quick input, and then back out again. Let the game continue. Don't have a chit-chat behind the game. It 
just is awful. And the two of them, Derek Ray on his own, is a good play-by-play guy. I'm pretty sure Ali Wagner knows a lot about the game. But neither of them shone because of this. They, I just don't think chemistry-wise they had the pairing. That's just my opinion. Well, that being said, can, can we make it a, a rule that any commentator, be it play-by-play or color, is no longer allowed to say, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Yeah. I mean, the most banal comment a play-by-play or color announcer can ever say, yeah, are you not, kidding it's not, me? And, it's not and their I heard job. it it's not the tournament. Yeah, it, throughout the tournament. Yeah, it's just not their job to do that. Shut up. Let, we can see the play. You're there for your your expertise tactically as a former player, whether it was in the women's game or the men's game as a former player. So just describe what could have happened. The other thing is, this is a personal pet peeve of mine, Nick. Why do we always say that? Well, it came down. He took that ball and he moved it to. Well, no, no. Is he took the ball? you got to stop that ball. No, you got to stop the ball. Everything's that. That's that. you got to smack that booty. I mean, why are we bringing this type of vernacular into our language? It's not necessary. At the end of the day, if we wanted to do a fan zone, you and I should have done the World Cup commentary for Fox, and we probably would have attracted way more newbies than the numpties that were out there. You know what, Nick? Let's do this. Let's put this out there. You and I are going to do... Once a month, we're going to do the Nick and Nick play-by-play of a Premier League match. How about that? I'm, I'm down with that, yeah. Yeah, I'm down we with can, that too. We can do it, we can do it via Facebook and, and uh, yeah, not we, have the images. We're not, uh, we're, not, we're not causing any problems. But at the same time, people could actually listen to our commentary yeah. and uh, those numpties. Yeah, yeah, right. That's what we're going to do. All right, so that's a side. Now that you've got that, make sure the folks that you pencil that into your calendar and stay tuned to facebook.com. Uh, Sports Talk, and also our website, FistorySports.com. Nick Cuttock's coming up, 2022. They made the official announcement a few days ago, I mean, that it's going to be a Winter World Cup. It was no surprise. What was a surprise to me, and, and I was wrong, is it's actually four and a half years till the next World Cup, because it's not actually until November, December of 2022, not November, December 2021. Now, Nick Webster... Um, as ludicrous as this is, as ridiculous it is, as it is to give the World Cup to a nation that is, uh, has a smaller population than the number of people that showed up as spectators to this World Cup in Russia, to give the World Cup to a nation that has zero, zero footballing history. Uh, I mean, I remember when the U.S. got the World Cup, the requirement was so stringent that the U.S. institute a top-level Division I professional Football League, remember this? And Major League Soccer was born. Well, as long as the graft comes hot and heavy, there's none of that needed for Qatar. No, there certainly isn't. And, you know, even even though the uh, tournament is going to be played in the depths of the uh, Arabian winter, it's still boiling hot. Yeah. I mean, average temperatures average temperatures are 30 degrees. And I just... I just That's uh, 90, read right? A... That's 90 degrees yeah. uh, Fahrenheit. Read a report... The uh, supreme leader, who uh, they have actually managed to air condition the main stadium, uh, so that's one. That's one down. But uh, you know, with with FIFA ready to actually expand the tournament to forty-eight teams, we're also hearing that uh, maybe the UAE and Dubai 
are going to take some games if it goes to 14 Nick, teams. So, okay. Yeah. So, so this is a great point. And, and, and I don't know, how much time do we have left this segment, producer, Andrew? Uh, four minutes. Four minutes. Three minutes. All right, well, let me just say this. It's going to play havoc with the Champions League, the Europa League, the Premier League. They're literally going to have to put these leagues on hold for six weeks. You know, it's, it's, it's crazy. Um, well, I'm thinking a minimum of six weeks, though, Nick, because the tournament itself is going to be a little bit longer. Right, of course. Plus, teams need two to three weeks to prepare for the tournament itself. I mean, you can't just, like, go, oh, we're going to play Man United, Liverpool on Saturday – and by the way, it's England versus Brazil on Monday. It yeah, just no. doesn't work. It doesn't work like so, that. It's a mess. Yeah, and, and what about recovery time? I mean, you can't expect players who, who have played in a five-week tournament to go straight away back to, to their game. There needs to be a three weeks on the beginning and at least two weeks on the end. So we're looking at 10 weeks, Nick. The World Cup is supposed to be a summer tournament, Nick Webster. It's designed to be a summer tournament while all the leagues are on break. It is an outrage that they have moved it because of the, uh, not because it's in Qatar, not because it's in a, in a, in a Muslim country or an Arab country. I, put, I don't personally care about that. But the fact that they are upending the status quo, they're putting these leagues through turmoil. And by the way, and the fact that they've given it to a country with no footballing history whatsoever. Just Let makes- me ask you about this, Nick. How are you going to have a viewing party in freaking Hyde Park in the middle of December? It's going to be freezing. Oh, yeah. No, be- it's, it's going to be <laughs> Well, they don't care about Hyde Park. I think they've made that the plainly rest, clear. All right. Is, is in winter. Yeah. All right. So we're, no. going, to have to, we're going to have to take a break. Uh, we're getting hot under the collar here, aren't we? Yeah. I know we have a whole minute, but, you know, let's just calm it down a little bit. But and absolutely so, crazy, Nick. Absolutely crazy it's mad- that... It's madness. And to expand the World Cup, I mean, you're going to have... Uh, Burkino Faso is going to be in the World Cup at the rate they're going. I mean, well, Liechtenstein. So the journalists today, Nick, the journalists today who are complaining that France were not worthy victors because, you know, the big teams didn't show up. What are they going to say <laughs> when we have so many rubbish games Nick, in four years' time? I mean, Nick, Everton beat a preseason team 22-0. Did you hear about this? No. They beat a team in preseason, like a fourth division team, 22-0. Now, that's preseason, and that's a joke. Can you imagine Brazil against Burkino Faso, and the score's going to be like 18-0? What's the point of that? Why are we wasting time? All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, let's talk about more madness. Let's go over to Stamford Bridge and meet the truly insane. If you or someone you love suffers from drug addiction, now is the time to utilize your private health insurance PPO plan. If eligible, receive up to $30,000 or more in substance abuse benefits with low or no out-of-pocket cost. We are the National Treatment Network, the premier drug and alcohol treatment referral service operating 24-7. We help connect you with facilities nationwide that accepts PPO private health insurance for substance abuse. If you have PPO substance abuse coverage and you need immediate admittance to a medical detox or residential rehab treatment center, call us now. Call our live referral helpline today. The call is free. This program is not available to Medicare or Medicaid customers. Call 800-296-1252. 
That's 800-296-1252. It has been said that everyone has a book in them, but do you have the time or the ability to write your book? Maybe you picked up some skills or had a life experience that you want to pass on in the form of a book to help others. Maybe you want to leave an autobiography for your family, or maybe you've built a successful business and you want to share your story. At Dorrance Publishing Company, we have professional writers who can help turn your book idea into a finished manuscript quickly and affordably. A Dorrance ghostwriter can provide as much or as little help as you need to complete your book. You'll work directly with your ghostwriter to finish your book faster than you ever could on your own. It's easy to become a published author. Call Dorrance now to learn more. 800-485-6003. 800-485-6003. Call right now. That number is 800-485-6003. Hey, travelers, do you want to save money on your next flight? Then pick up the phone and call. That's right, call, because the best prices are not online. They're with SmartFares. See, SmartFares has special deals with the airlines. When they have unsold seats, they use SmartFares to fill them. So you get airline tickets at ridiculously low prices. Our prices are too low to publish online. With the extra money you'll save, you can book another trip or treat yourself to dinner or shopping. So stop searching all of those travel sites to find the lowest price on your next flight. Let one of our SmartFares expert travel agents find ridiculously low prices for you. Call SmartFares today and get the best price on your next flight. Guaranteed. Also, save up to 50% off business and first-class tickets. 855-325-1780. 855-325-1780. That's 855-325-1780. All right, uh, we're back. Welcome back to the show. By the way, find us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Street Sports Talk. Uh, Tal Smith comments about our discussion about Qatar and FIFA and the amount of disruption the 2022 World Cup is going to cause to most of the big league schedules. Tal Smith says, uh, money talks. Uh, football associations need to make a stand. England should boycott but they won't. And uh, <laughs> never a truer word has been spoken. Uh, they will not, because the great money-spinning machine will continue to spin. Along that vein, if you think that is madness, uh, let's just go across to London a minute, Nick Webster, where 20 years ago, uh, the first great seismic shift in football took place of the modern, modern, modern millennial age when Roman Abramovich bought Chelsea Football Club from Ken Bates for basically the cost of their rather enormous debt after a failed development at Chelsea Village had failed to take off and uh, Mr. Bates had run yet another football team into the ground. Uh, So uh, Roman Abramovich, the Russian oligarch and billionaire, takes over, pours all sorts of money into the club, brings in Jose Mourinho, wins, goes from uh, a horrible, lackluster, failing club. Uh, Mind you, did it the year before Mourinho came in. But uh, to be fair, but, um, you know, change them into a global brand. Uh, Nick Webster, that global brand is now on the sale block once again. 
and uh, what has been a, a source of uh, media interest over the last 15, 16 years or so uh, is now, in my mind, becoming a little bit of a joke uh, with the situation going on with the manager. Conte, Antonio Conte, the manager of Chelsea, who's brought them in a couple of years a Premier League title and an FA Cup title, was unceremoniously fired about 10 days ago uh, because he wouldn't resign, because if he resigned, he would forego his money that was owed to him in his contract. It was a stare-down match between him and Abramovich and Bruce Buck. Um, was finally fired, and Sarri, Maurizio Sarri, the former Napoli manager, uh, comes in. And look who I've got here, Nick, uh, with me. Uh, yes. The, the okay, former... uh, Tiger. Sigmund Freud, aren't they just down the road from you? Yes, that's correct. Anyway, Sarri comes in from Napoli um, to take over from Conte. Sarri, by the way, uh, an exciting manager possibly. He hasn't won a bloody thing in his career, in fairness. But to make it even worse, Nick, the Premier League season starts on August the 10th. That's when the transfer window closes. This man has no time at all. To make matters even worse, and I'm just laying the table for you, Nick. I'm going to let you run with this. To make matters even worse... The primary reason that Conte was fired was because the big names in the club, most notably Eden Hazard, didn't want to play for him anymore. Well, guess what happened at the end of the World Cup? Courtois and Hazard stood up and said, we don't want to play anymore at Chelsea. We're gone. What a mess, Nick Webster. If you're a betting man, don't bet on Chelsea this year. Uh, yes, it would be a, 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 a foolish wager. Look, the, the revolving casserole of coaches that has gone through Stamford Bridge over the last, you know, in, in the Abramovich era really has been uh, a, a sight to behold. And it seems that Abramovich has zero patience whether you win or whether you lose. And he seems to have this ideal of how he wants to think that Chelsea play and yet he keeps on hiring coaches that can not possibly develop a side in the in the mould of uh, let's say uh, let's say Chelsea's greatest rivals at the moment, you know, uh, Liverpool or Tottenham. You know, this this high pressure, this exciting, uh, full heavy metal football. Now, unless Chelsea can get some stability, which they're never going to have with Abramovich as the the owner. I really don't think this club is capable of, of getting back onto a sound footing again because without the Abramovich money, they're not going to be able to attract the big superstars to come to Stamford Bridge. Uh, the stadium plans have been put on hold. The youth team, which has developed some great talent, most notably Loftus-Cheek, keeps on farming the best players out to different clubs because there's no room on the roster because all of the high-priced superstars are there. And now, as you mentioned, they're perhaps two best players in Courtois and Hazard have decided, you know, they, they want out. So I, I don't know how Sari, who you, you've rightly pointed out, um, is going to come in there and turn some things around. Now, from what I've read about this guy, uh, there's a lot of big, actually big name coaches who really respect him and think that he that he actually he he has a footballing brain that is a little bit on another level. In fact, Pep Guardiola uh, says he's a little bit of a disciple of Sarri. So um, it will be interesting to see if he can turn it around. But like like you just mentioned, he's just signed on. The season starts in three weeks. That is not enough time to 
teach the players a brand new way to play. That yeah. is that is a process that will take a year, possibly two years. And at Stanford Bridge, you don't have that much time available for, before you get the hook. It's not even that you've got three weeks to teach these players a new way to play. You've now got three weeks to actually try to buy some players that might be preferred for your system or players that you want to have. If you remember when uh, Jurgen Klopp came in, he had that same problem. I mean, his first season, he had players that were not his, that hadn't, he hadn't stamped his mark on them. Now, it was certainly a testament to his management style that, uh, that he was able to uh, do a, a, as, as fine of a job as he did in his first season. Uh, but it's hard to do. I mean, just looking at uh, who Chelsea have brought in, uh, Nick, they've spent £51 million so far. Uh, now, these signings are Conti's. These are not Sarri's signings. They brought in Jorginho from Napoli for £45 million. They brought in Kennedy uh, from Newcastle for £9 million. Uh, and, and he's gone out on loan. The only player they've actually brought in that's going to be playing on the squad is Jorginho. And as far as uh, players going out, uh, so far, nothing that we can see uh, of, any, of any meaning except um, that we understand that uh, Courtois and Hazard have both said they're not returning. So it's going to be trouble. And Nick, the rumor is hot and heavy, and I'm hearing it. I've literally had six or seven different, quote, insider tips, meaning coming from people that I know that are close to that circle that don't want to be named, that are telling me, that Chelsea's on the block, Abramovich's failure to get a visa in the UK pissed him off so much after all the money that he's invested in, in Chelsea, in that area of London, uh, in, in the real estate itself, in the club, in, the fo- in, in, in growing football. He just feels it's a complete slap in the face. He's decided to get out of England. And that means get out of Chelsea Football Club. They are on the block. They are up for sale. Uh, There is a very interested buyer. I'm hearing possibly Asian, but I don't know anything more than that. That is all I know at this point. Nick, you hear anything else? No, I would say that the the, Chinese Asian buyer is the only logical explanation. I can't see uh, an American plunking down close to a, a billion, billion pounds for Chelsea because... Obviously, that's that's probably what they're worth. Look, when, when I look at the squad and I'm looking at it right now, I mean, it's it's still a very decent team, Nick. But as 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 you mentioned, having having the coaching ability to get players to buy into your system in in the space of three weeks is very very difficult. I just can't see it happening for the Blues this year, and I would not be surprised to see them fall even further down the table than fifth place of last season. Yeah, and of course, no Champions League football this year uh, for Chelsea. I mean, that's another thing. So uh, it it is, uh, I mean, the two once, uh, the last uh, 18 years, the staple clubs at the top, Arsenal and Chelsea, are both going through their cycle of renewal. Nick, this goes back to what we're talking about, the World Cup. Things go in cycles. This is further trauma for people that are new to the sport in the last 15, 16 years. It started with Alex Ferguson retiring and the always reliable winning machine of Manchester United going into free fall and just becoming like every other team out there. Maybe one good season, maybe one not so good season. Uh, and, and then, it's, of course, 
You know, it's now happened to, then it happened to Arsenal. Now it's happening to Chelsea. We saw it on the international stage. It's happening. We talked about this. Germany and Argentina and Brazil and Spain and Tiki Taka. And quite honestly, are you ready for this, guys? Do not be surprised to see this continue at Barcelona. Uh, you know, they've got issues of their own that they have to deal with. Uh, Madrid, obviously, as well, with uh, Ronaldo leaving and, and everything else. You're going to see these changes in football but, man, this is a microcosm of the, tro- the problems in world football. Chelsea are acting like they are, uh, you know, just they are uh, hogging all the, all the newsprint because they are an absolute disaster. Meanwhile, Nick, I ask you this question, and we're going to talk about this later on in the week. We're going to start, to st- we're going to start our Premier League preview for you guys this week, by the way. Do it nice and early. Um, if I told you... The West Ham to date had spent eighty-five million pounds in the transfer market net. Would you have believed me? No, I wouldn't. And you know, it, it leads to the question: Where are they getting all this money from? I mean, where is it? I mean, really, the, does, does the TV company, does Sky, just deposit a check in West Ham's bank account for three hundred and fifty million pounds and say, "Have at it"? Is that how it goes down these days? Yeah, it's. Uh... It's very strange. Well, it's not. Look, it's good in a way. I mean, let's talk about big signings. I mean, Jurgen Klopp has been the busiest man in the transfer market so far. Uh, and it looks like Liverpool are going to do the most summer business. Uh, I mean, the, the, the amount, the net amount of Liverpool signings have been £112 million. They bought in Naby Keita from Leipzig for £58 million, Fabinho from Monaco for £40 million. Most recently, uh, Jordan Shakiri from Stoke for what, a little under 17 million. They were right about to sign Fakir, uh, but uh, he had a torn ACL that hadn't healed properly that they weren't uh, fully convinced of. Uh, Nick, the transfer market, it is the silly season. It's going to continue to be hot and heavy until it closes on the 10th of August. Yes, I mean, the, obviously, the Neymar deal has completely sent the transfer window business completely to a, a, another level that we didn't think was possible. So, you know, now 50 million pounds, 50 million dollars kind of gets you a good player. You know, yeah, he's all right. He's not bad. <laughs> but, or Nick, like you and I, an average broadcaster. That's right. An average, yeah. Um, you know, listen, the, the, the Premier League is, is awash with cash. Uh, you know, the, the new deal has been done again. Uh, I don't think actually they made as quite as much money as last time from the the English broadcasters, but once you factor in the the foreign rights, I mean it's it's bananas again. It's something in the region of seven billion pounds, and I guess when you divide that, you know, twenty twenty ways or twenty three twenty six ways, depending on the parent, it's a lot of money that allows clubs to go out and buy the best players in the world, and 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 they're not shy about doing it. And, anymore uh, and and that's that's the crazy thing you know back back in the back in the old days you know the, the, the clubs were quite you know a bit stingy really but now the, every club has to spend huge yeah. money i mean west ham and west ham are not a top level club they're not an elite club and you just mentioned they spent a hundred million already and yet 85 you know, they, 85 i mean they should have spent that on the bloody stadium trying to make it a bit more <laughs> fan friendly <laughs> All right. Uh, absolutely. Listen, folks, we're going to follow the transfer market all the way. We're going to start our Premier League previews this week. 
and next week. So just stay with us here on Fifth Street Soccer. We've got so much more uh, before we even get to the start of the big European seasons. Of course, we will be covering them very closely. I hope you'll stay with us. We're with you Monday through Friday, 1 p.m. Pacific time, and then again, 6 p.m. That's 4 and 9. We've got to step aside, take a break. We'll be right back to wrap it up. Hi, Rick Tittle here. You may know me as the sports talk host. I can talk about all sports, football, basketball, baseball, hockey, soccer, golf, tennis, auto racing, boxing, Olympics, rollerball. But this time I'm here to talk about pain. If you have pain in your knee or your back like I do, then you should know about the Health Alert Hotline. If Medicare is your primary insurance, then you could qualify for a back or knee brace at little or no charge. I have an old injury from my football playing days. And anything that can help take that pain away and make it more manageable, that has my attention. I love the free delivery, and they take care of the paperwork for you. So if you have Medicare and need help for back, ankle, knee, or shoulder pain, please call the Health Alert Hotline at 800-428-1570. That's 800-428-1570. Agents are standing by 24-7, so go ahead and call now, 800-428-1570. Not too long ago, it felt good to withdraw your cash from the bank, didn't it? For a vacation or a new car. But today, withdrawing your own cash has become risky. Pat Boone here for Swiss America. According to The Secret War, a new Swiss America white paper, I learned that all banks are now required to spy on you and me for the government and then report any financial behavior deemed suspicious or unusual. You must read The Secret War. It's free. Truth is, I believe the government's new war against cash is really a war against us all. But the secret is now out. So please, get and read The Secret War. Pick up your phone and call right now. 800-932-5517. 800 Once again, that's 800-932-5517. Are you an inventor who would like to try to have an invention or idea patented and submitted to companies? But you don't know what to do next. Call for free information from InventHelp. InventHelp, a leading inventor service company, has been helping inventors since 1984 and has sales offices located in more than 60 cities nationwide. You'll want to talk to the company that has helped secure more than 7,000 invention patents. So call InventHelp. Even if you have an idea for improving an existing product and don't know where to go with it, you'll still want to call InventHelp for free information. You'll find out how InventHelp may assist you in trying to patent your invention and submit it to companies. So call now. Call InventHelp at 1-800-316-1738. That's 1-800-316-1738. Get your free information by dialing 1-800-316-1738. That's 1-800-316-1738. Welcome back. Street Soccer, Sports Byline USA. Nick Webster, we've covered a lot today. Were France worthy winners? The nonsense discussion out there that somehow, because the big boys were eliminated earlier on in the World Cup, it's somehow less value of a World Cup. Uh, Nick, the only thing I'm going to say is this. If all you want to do is punch a ticket and turn on the TV every day and see 
Germany and Brazil and Argentina, or not even then, Germany and Brazil and Spain winning everything, uh, Real Madrid and Barcelona and Man United winning everything. That's not a football that I'm interested in, Nick. There's no excitement to that. No, there isn't a great deal of excitement. Uh, I think that's the, the, the beauty of uh, the FA Cup. You know, the one thing that we haven't yet managed to balls up, although we are trying desperately, is that, you know, every, every little guy should have their day. Yes, they can get smashed once in a while, uh, but it's always great in sports to see the favourites get upset. And that's why, that's why we play the game. Nick, Nine please. times out of ten, they should win. But that one time... That one time gives us all hope, Nick. Nick, it is the ultimate reality show. There is no scripting here. If you rely, if you like porn stars or real housewives of Orange County, then you're a Barcelona, a Real Madrid, and a former Manchester United fan. You just like the same thing over and over again. You like no excitement, no chance of a change. Uh, you want it to feel uh, like it's live, but it's really scripted, folks. Sports ultimately are the most is the is the greatest unscripted reality show. The only thing I have to say, Nick Webster, for twenty twenty two, come on, Burkino Faso, let's do it, shall we? Love it, Burkino Faso, and uh, chances are with forty eight teams uh, qualifying for the World Cup, we've got a decent chance. Absolutely. Well, folks, thanks for staying with us. Thanks for joining us. Fifth Street Soccer, Sports Byline USA, uh, SB Nation Radio, American Forces. Uh, we're with you every day, Monday through Friday, 1 p.m. Pacific time, 4 p.m. Eastern, then again, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, right here on these same networks. And then again, Saturday, uh, we're on at 2 p.m. until uh, 5 for Fifth Street Sports, where we cover all sports. So I uh, hope you'll find us on the web, fifthstreetsports.com, Facebook, facebook.com forward slash fifthstreetsportstalk, Twitter, fifthstreetsports. Uh, and that's it. Till tomorrow, have a great night.